The NFL is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly. No matter what, take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I am joined by Nick Horwat for this Thursday episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. This is an evergreen episode, so any news that has happened in the past week, we will get to on Monday's episode, we promise. But we had to take a little break here in the dog days of the NHL offseason. So we have a good episode for you guys today. We have a fun topic for you guys today. And let's just say it's going to be a deep dive, for sure, on the Russian bear of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Evgeny Malkin. We're going to talk about what we should expect from Evgeny Malkin this season coming off of his knee surgery during the offseason. Horwat, when you think about Evgeny Malkin this season, name one word to describe what your expectation is for him. Let's start there. Uh, Hungry. I think because... I want him to be the player that um, we know he can be. We want him to have that season, that 2019-20 season, right? Is that the one where he kind of said, I need to be better? It was the comeback the, tour. Yes. That we, I want to see that Malkin again. The one where he said, I know I need to be better. I'm going to be better. And, you know, coming off of an injury like this, coming off of, you know, not a highly, highly productive season in his terms. I mean, Eight goals is a career low, and again, I understand, shortened season, injury, but it's still a career low, and he played more, he played two more games than uh, the 31 he played in 12-13, so Mm -hmm. it's, it wasn't good enough, but we know, and, but we know he can be better despite his age, Um, so I'm hoping, you know, that one word that we can expect is hunger, you know, he's hungry to be, you know, be in the talks for like that NHL 100 position that we that everyone always loves to discuss mm-hmm. that he wasn't in that but he should have been and then you know he pops off and has a season to prove why he should be I think this is, needs to be one of those seasons for him again I get he's a little older I get he's coming off of a pair of big injuries but you know when you are one of the top hockey players in the world you don't let injuries stand in your way like that and you just have to hope 
that hunger comes in for him there. My one word is revenge. And I think Evgeny Malkin is seeking revenge on a lot of people. The people that doubted him at the beginning of last season. The people that doubted him when he returned from injury last season. And the people that doubted him following last season when he got that knee surgery. Looking at the fact that he had 8 goals, 20 assists for 28 points in 33 games. I think a lot of people are overshadowing the fact that he was one of the Penguins' best players in that first round loss Mm -hmm. to the New York Islanders. He had one goal. Again, still the goal's not quite there. But he had one goal and five points in four games played. I think revenge is the best word to describe what we're going to see from Evgeny Malkin. I know he's had health issues. Listen, two surgeries in less than a calendar year, one on his elbow and one on his knee, is not great. Not to mention the fact that he is 35 years old heading into this season. And he's not going to be able to play during training camp. So I think it's it's pretty clear that it's going to be a slow start. But I think revenge is going to be the theme for Evgeny Malkin. Like you said, 2019-20 was the I Am Comeback Tour. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this is the I Am Revenge Tour for Evgeny Malkin in 2021-22. That's the one word I'm going with. I like now, that. Hor- Horwat, is it guaranteed, though, that he has a slow start whenever he returns? No. Not, that's not guaranteed at all. I think it's very well possible that he can come back uh, Sidney Crosby style almost. You know, mm-hmm. we, he's on a team that puts him up, you know, at the age of 35 immediately on the second line. We're not a team. He's not on an organization in an organization where, hey, this 35 year old is going to come back, but we've kind of built a, built above him to the point where, you know, there is another star player that's playing above him. It's we've reserved his spot as that second line center his entire career. So he's not going to be middling around for a couple of games on the fourth line. He's not going to, you know, you know, go to his spot on the third. He's going to jump immediately to the second line, get the ice time. And, again, we get he's older, but he should be able to have a good amount of ice time, giving him the opportunities to come back Crosby-style almost and be effective right away. I get it's a bit of a stretch because he is older, but it's not a guarantee that he's going to have a slow start. I think it's very well possible he can come in and immediately make a difference. See, I don't know. I feel like it's the opposite. I hate to guarantee a slow start for Evgeny Malkin, but if you look at the way that he started last season, the entire first month of the season was not great for Gino. He, he, he was not good, and there was... Yeah, he was coming off of elbow surgery, but his legs weren't under him last season. Right, they weren't. So, I don't know... With an offseason not being able to work on the ice because of a knee surgery, I don't know what that's going to look like. I think there is going to be a slow start. Do I think it's going to be a full month like it happened last season? No. I don't think you can guarantee a full month of slow start for Evgeny Malkin. But I think the first week, possibly two weeks, when he's still trying to get his feet underneath him, and that all depends how much rehab they let him go through before they put him in the lineup, I think there's going to be a little bit of a curve where... He's still not, I don't know if he's ever going to be at full speed because yeah, he's 35. He's coming off of torn knee ligaments. Who knows if he's ever going to be back to full speed? Who knows if he was even at full speed prior to that injury? But for a hundred percent, I think it's going to take at least a week, possibly two weeks. And that's still very far out. Listen, it's, it's mid August when (laughs) we record this. We're very far out. We've never even we haven't even seen him on the ice since his surgery before. So he might come back and be 
the Russian bear. He might be the 2019-20 Evgeny Malkin from the I Am Comeback Tour. But I think there is going to be a bit of a, a learning curve for Evgeny Malkin when it comes to coming back, and I think he is going to have a slow start. That's, and, I, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. It's, it is Evgeny Malkin. He is older. That is just kind of what happens is um, older players take a little longer sometimes. But uh, just I'm not putting any guarantees on anything. I'm kind of just mm-hmm. not necessarily hoping for the best, but sort of giving a, an informed prediction on those. Sort of, yeah. uh, it's very well possible that he can do it just because uh, where he's going to have the opportunities. He's going to have the ice time. It's not that, it's not like, like I said, it's not like Sullivan's going to stick him on the fourth line for rehab games. He's going to come back and immediately be on the second line. Hell, maybe even get opening puck drop because sometimes the Penguins like having a flair for the dramatic like that. So, yeah, it's... It'll be fun to see, and you just hope he comes back at the right time to the point of he has um, some chemistry built and is pretty ready for uh, the season. With that in mind, and with the fact that he will be missing training camp most likely, he will be missing the beginning of the season most likely, who do you want to start out on the wings for Evgeny Malkin? I know we talked a lot this offseason about who we want where and what we want, but who is the ideal pairing of line mates for Evgeny Malkin when he first returns from this knee injury. So Kasperi Kapanen's the easy one. Starting yeah, there. on his right side. Yep. As for the left, it's that was a little harder to come by. I think a uh, a Jason Zucker might be fun, mm. but you want the chemistry to be there, and it's we don't know if that one exists at all. Yeah. Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel would be interesting. We know they kind of can do it together. Or at least we know Gensel's a um, got a hell of a hockey mind. He can kind. I feel like Gensel's a player that can kind of play with anyone uh, because he's got a hockey mind. He's able to shift um, in and out of styles. Uh, but just looking up and down the lineup, it's hard to make a solid decision on it. I like Kapanen as the easy one. And you know what? I'm just gonna shoot out Gensel and hold that answer for now mm-hmm. until I take another look at the roster and hear what your answer would be yeah obviously Kasperi Kapanen is the guy that you're going to have on his right side Uh, I think that's pretty obvious especially when you look at the way that they played together last season whenever both of them were healthy because both of them had injury issues last season but I think when you look at who you want on that left side Gensel is an option I, I do like Jake Gensel playing down on that line and I think there is a point this year that We should see Jake Gensel play down on that line, especially if you want to have Jason Zucker up on the first line, as we talked about in our latest episode. So go back and listen to episode 75 if you want to hear us talk about Jason Zucker. But I I like the chemistry that Evgeny Malkin has had with Kapanen, and I like the chemistry Evgeny Malkin has had with Brian Rust. So Rust is slotted as a left-wing, right-wing option on cap friendly for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I would say you move Rust down to Malkin's left wing and see how that works with Rust, Malkin, and Kapanen. I think that is a really good second line for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think that leaves Crosby and Gensel to play together, and you can throw whoever you want on that right line or in that right wing. You can throw Dom Simone up there and make everybody's head explode, or you can throw Jason Zucker up there and see how that works. But I think if you're looking 
to make Evgeny Malkin as comfortable as possible upon his return, you start him out with Rust and Kasperi Kapan. I think that's something that would work out well because he has shown that he has success in chemistry with both of them. Because of that reason, that line makes me giggle. He's got such a good... Uh, he just gels so well with both those players. It makes me just mm-hmm. giddy. It's so fun. I love that idea. It's, it is it is tearing Rust off of his ideal position, but um, if he's flexible enough, so be it. it can, and it works. I mean, that's why they're professional hockey players. It's just... Mm-hmm. That, that line is frightening i think because people yeah. underestimate brian rust all of the damn time mm-hmm. um kasperi kapanen you know had a pretty solid breakout season last year and malkin is malkin despite being older holy hell does that line sound fun mm-hmm. but it does kind of leave a question mark like what do you do with the crosby line of you know you stick Gensel with them and then fill in from there you kind of want to keep someone in position um because it's, i mean not real somebody fun. else that has played with top talent does brock mcginn have a chance on the crosby line That's mcginn gensel and crosby and that leaves who zucker carter and heinen as your third line and then there's heinen who i said a few episodes ago i like the idea that he is a um chris kunitz type almost that he f- seems to me from the outsider's perspective that he might have the ability to play anywhere, and that includes with Crosby. Somewhat, I I was looking back on old tweets on Dan Heinen um, about him, and someone mentioned that he is a Chris Kunitz type. Mm-hmm. So um, that backs me up a little more in thinking he could swing it on that top line if need be. Maybe be interesting, be a bit of a new face up there, an interesting yeah. face. But mm-hmm. I don't hate that either. I think Crosby does have this uncanny ability to make everyone better around him, but mm-hmm. um, I think if you do take Rust off of that top line, despite I mean it was a phenomenal line last year, Crosby, Mal- Crosby. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the best lines in hockey last year. Yeah, but it just makes the second line so much more fun, and it's we got to get back to having solid depth i mean the hbk line is the third line is a big reason why we won in 2016 so you get the penguins depth back a step up and this could be a very fun team yeah i think when you look at brian rust last year he would have been on pace for 30 goals playing pretty much solely on a on Sidney Crosby's wing. He started with Evgeny Malkin last year, and then, of course, they switched things around when Malkin had his slow start. But if you look at the year prior, the one that we've talked about, Evgeny Malkin, who, when Malkin had 74 points in 55 games, which is a ridiculous total, Brian Rust almost scored 30 goals again. Mm-hmm. He had his career high in goals, playing with pretty much Evgeny Malkin that entire 2019-20 season. Can Malkin get back to that point? That is going to be a major question. But I think adding a guy like Brian Rust, who he's had that rapport with, who he's produced those numbers with, I think that can go a long way in making Evgeny Malkin the Evgeny Malkin that we need him to be for the Pittsburgh Penguins to contend. Because if Malkin can build his strength and stay away from the injury table, I could see him reverting to that 2019-20 form where he's scoring well over a, a point a game because he has something to prove again. That's why we saw him play so well is because the year prior to that in 2018-19, he had a really bad season. I mean, by his standards. 
he had a bad season. And that's why. He had something to prove. He went out. He proved it with 74 points in 55 games. He has something to prove again this season, which is why I think we should expect Evgeny Malkin to bounce back and prove something. And here's the thing. The Penguins need that. Because if he doesn't improve, if he doesn't revert back to the great Evgeny Malkin that we know, do we think the Penguins can contend for a Stanley Cup this year? No, because that's an important position, that second-line center. You need someone who can do something there, regardless of who it may be. They have to perform. Evgeny Malkin's going to be the one there. We don't see him being dropped a line but in any world, really. No. No, there's not a chance. Not yet, at least. Mm-hmm. For now, he's stuck there, and he's got to perform in that spot because your top-line center is going to be your top-line center. They're going to perform. Sidney Crosby is going to perform. We know this. Uh, Evgeny Malkin's the one we're talking about. Your third-line center coming in is Jeff Carter. Solid. We saw what he could do. We decided to protect him, so we wanted him on this team. And if Jeff Carter can continue even or even come close to the pace that he had with us last season, yeah, yeah, that's your good third-line center right there, and we know Teddy Bluger like the back of our hands. So it is up to Malkin to really perform in his position as second-line center because that is – it's not depth, but it is your – it is your second it's your second tier it is your uh second line it's, it's exactly what it is i'm trying to make a reference but it's just exactly what it is mm-hmm. he is the number two and your best players only play what's 15 17 minutes in a game well then why not have another very very talented player take up another 15 to 17 minutes now you've got half the game covered yeah and if you can do that more often than the other team it, it means something another piece yeah. about Malkin that I want to that we'll touch on I'm sure is all these people that want to run him out of town every damn year yeah this yeah, team that's... is not depending on the return you get this team does not improve by losing Malkin yeah I think that's it, it, an issue his trade value let's for a second also realize that you can't trade him legally well, because yeah. of his contract but the trade value for Evgeny Malkin is not anything that is going to help you win a Stanley Cup now. And the point of having Evgeny Malkin is to win a Stanley Cup now. They've won three. They're trying to win four. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. How many people from the early 2000s that are fans regret what happened with the Yarmir Yager situation? Now, I get there was a lot of the story left to be yeah. told. I mean, shit, Yager is still playing hockey to this day. But... That was a generational, all-NHL, all-NHL history talent. And the way he left Pittsburgh was very unceremonious is the most polite way to put it. Now, I get that it would be different with Malkin because he has played a lot longer and because his career is coming to an end. We don't expect him to play until he's 50 like Yager has. But I don't want to see Evgeny Malkin in a different jersey in the NHL. I don't. And... For those that are saying, yeah, trade him, it's in the best interest of the team, it really isn't. It, it really isn't. I know everybody wants to contend every year, but that's not how sports work. You're not going to contend every year until forever and ever. Oh, man, that'd be great. This is as close as you're going to get to it with the Pittsburgh Penguins. 15 straight postseason bursts, three Stanley Cup championships, four Stanley Cup appearances, and five Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Yeah, we're not going to trade him away for a multitude of reasons, and one of them, quite honestly, is because of what he's done for the franchise already. 
Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh fans, why do we think Ben Roethlisberger is still around? It's kind yeah. of the same thing. I get Big Ben is still performing, but there have definitely been some uh, raw years over the past few seasons. I would think. I mean, I'm just now getting back into football and everything, but I feel like there have been some rough patches along um, Ben's career over the past few seasons. So why do you think he's still around and might play after this season, by the way? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because we, you know, this city doesn't want to lose him. This team doesn't want to lose him because he's done so much, and he can still perform. Evgeny Malkin, same situation. He's meant so much he's done so much and can still perform we just need to see it now mm-hmm. we know he can do it and it's a matter of getting it out of him a return for Gino while his trade value might deteriorate little by little every day um then why not just utilize him for what we know he can be and that is an or a piece in your team that should be able to um improve you in so many ways especially upon return when fully asterisk healthy yeah fully as full as you can be at the age of 35 but i mean you look at other players that have played the majority of their careers on one team and then played a short stint somewhere else daniel alfredson when he played a little bit with the detroit red wings while you're on that train mike madonna mike madonna as well and then you also look at a guy like Zidane Chara more recently played with the boston bruins for a long time now i get that wasn't the only team that he had played for but he was, he was known as a Boston Bruin. Mm-hmm. And then last year he played for the Washington Capitals. It's weird. When Henrik Lundqvist left the Rangers and became a Capital for a little bit before his health issues, it was weird. It's something that you don't necessarily want to see. And, yes, sometimes the business of hockey lends itself to that. But for the Pittsburgh Penguins, like I said, Evgeny Malkin was the best player or one of the best players in that playoff series last spring against the New York Islanders. Why trade that? Yeah, and you said it with the Yager thing. Lemieux has pretty much gone on record and said, we, I don't want to say messed up as an organization, but we saw what losing Yager did to the organization. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, in one sense, it kept them in town. It kept them from going bankrupt. Yeah. But in another, skill-wise, on the ice, it hurt a lot because you Mm -hmm. were just unable to get a return financially because of the situations. So, like, losing Yager, it, it... was both good and bad for the team because again it probably kept the team in town it probably kept things afloat but it absolutely deteriorated the team on the ice mm-hmm. and you know like i said let me was kind of gone on record and said he doesn't want to do that again with a guy like malkin you want to see him stay his whole career again if you know let's say the contract runs out let's say we sign him to a one-year deal i i wouldn't want to see him on another with another team but let's say the wheels are completely have completely fallen off. Let's predict the worst and knock on wood that it doesn't happen. If the wheels have completely fallen off, I want my team to do better. And a business is a business. No offense to him. We love everything about him. We love what he's done for this team. But that's prime time to let him go when he's at the low of his powers and not the height mm-hmm. like we did with Yager. That was yeah. the issue with Yager is that we knew he was still the pinnacle of hockey and would be forever and ever on then mm-hmm. um malkin we at least understand that he's gonna have a decline eventually we're just not seeing it yet so we can't yeah. lose him or drop him now this conversation changes a lot if the penguins are not a contending team Absolutely. right now the penguins are a contending team so if, if you were a team that was say where the detroit red wings are right now in the standings 
normally, at least the last two seasons, when you're in last place in your division, when you're in one of the last place spots in the NHL, then yeah, okay, you need to change something because you can't sit there and just enjoy the elder years of a Stanley Cup champion whenever your team sucks. But when your team is competing like the Pittsburgh Penguins have, and they still expect to be, you don't trade that guy. Yeah, there's don't. there are those players that, you know, there's a top-end talent and have never won a championship. But then there are other players that are best-in-the-league type players but are on awful teams. Look around all of sports. Shohei and Mike Trout on the Angels right now. How, how many times do you see people call to get them out of there so they can be on a good team and perform at the top level? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones because I thought I had some in mind. Oh, Jack Eichel. <laughs> Jack Eichel in Buffalo. And, you know, in the midst of all his drama that hopefully it hasn't changed by the time this drops. Um, <laughs> it, you know, he, a top-end talent that could do groundbreaking things probably on a contending team. Um for what it's worth yeah the oilers are a thing but imagine mcdavid on a better team i get he's i get they're growing that team in a weird way Mm -hmm. but just imagine if he was on uh, give me a top end talent team right now the new york rangers Uh, the rangers or hell imagine him just somehow in tampa bay i thought you were about to say toronto i was about to say the internet might explode no but just imagine him him in tampa bay yeah. When they're no, don't even play the games. They're winning the Stanley Cup. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm trying. Are there any football ones? Like, who's a, one of the top end talents in football on a terrible team? But that usually doesn't happen. Then. Uh, it doesn't typically happen. And I'm I'm drawing a blank at this current moment. But I mean, you look at a guy like Philip Rivers, who was a really good quarterback for a long time and never won, basically anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean a lot of people will argue that he's not the greatest, but still. Yeah, it's he's not the greatest, sorry, but he he's not great. Yeah, but and then so. there's basketball where all the good players go to the same team, and it's not fun. So, yeah, it's you have a very good player here. Keep him on a good team, and that's it. Should be a benefit. It should be beneficial. Yep. So, Hora, when it comes to expectations for Evgeny Malkin, do you expect him to be a point a game player next season or not a point a game player next season? So I have his stats in front of me, and last season was only the second time he's, third time he's ever gone under, second time ever he's ever gone under a point per game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was damn close, though. Without that slow start, he's probably over a point per game because um, he had 28 and 33. The only other time it happened was, where was it? He had 37 and 43 games in 2010-11. Again, that was that very, very interesting injury-riddled season for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think I'm going to say I expect him to be at least a point per game because he is held in a very similar standard to Sidney Crosby where it's it's like clockwork that it's going to happen. You're guaranteed yeah. 82 points out of the guy, whether or not he plays all 82 or not. Or you're guaranteed um, however many games he plays, there will be that many points associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say that yes i think he should be but just barely maybe he plays he needs 60 to hit a thousand games let's say he plays 65 mm-hmm. and again i might be pushing it maybe he gets 70 points maybe 80 if we're lucky again i get that's a lot in high expectations but i have high expectations for someone who should have been in the nhl 100 yeah who he's in my nhl 100 he's in he's everyone's in our nhl 100 he's in everyone's except for the nhl's 
Exactly. But I agree. I think a point per game is is not something too lofty for him, especially because you saw what was happening last season once he started to get his feet under him. He was starting to take over like Evgeny Malkin can. And then, of course, he, he has the injury, and that just derails everything that he was already building up with Kasperi Kapanen. But in a full season, I know he won't play a full season, but he'll have a lot more time to get his feet under him and probably to play, hopefully, with two line mates that he has chemistry with. Like I said, Brian Rust and Kasperi Kapanen on his wings would look sweet. Yeah, it would be but fun. you never know. I think Evgeny Malkin does get that point of game again this season, though. I think so. Like I guess it might be just barely. Maybe it's like five more points, three more points than, than, than the, as many games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still something. It's still a point per game. That's the, the way the numbers still stack up. Yep. So we are not going to have a shout-outs and call-outs this week just because this is a evergreen episode. We're recording it cool. way before just because we need a, a, a little bit of a little bit of a break from recording. We're taking about a week and a half off. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will get back to shout-outs and call-outs on next Thursday's episode. Horwat, any last words before we say goodbye to the fans? for the weekend i don't know why i say fans they're listeners i, I don't want to consider anybody fans of us ah, okay um <laughs> well i'm going on vacation it's not much of a vacation just going to the baseball hall of fame and the next time i sit down in this area and on this camera i should have a new desk and chair so i'm very excited to have a new setup there you go um and hopefully maybe change this background a little bit i don't know if it'll be anything <laughs> better uh it won't be like the old room but uh mm-hmm. Maybe this sunlight will finally go away. Maybe that'll be behind the camera finally. <laughs> there you go. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. Make sure you download our episodes. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Rating and review. We love a five-star rating. If you don't want to give us a five-star rating, that's your prerogative, but your prerogative is incorrect. That's going to do it for this episode, though. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.